This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. This is Agents of Shield Cast, your source for the best analysis of the ABC television series Agents of Shield. With your host, Agent Andrew Johnson. If they can bring back Clark Gregg, maybe they can bring back Ed Norton. That'd be weird. Agent Bibbs Bibiani. I got all my ideas from Mr. Belvedere. Come on. Agent Gwen Reyes. Anybody that's not a huge Joss Whedon fan just really needs to pack up their whole life and move to another continent. And Agent Rod Morrow. I feel like someone just ran into your room and gave you a wedgie and then ran back out. They are the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division Critical Analysis Strike Team, a.k.a. The Shield Cast. Agents Assemble. This is episode number 25 of the Agents of Shieldcast. This is Film Geek Radio's weekly podcast devoted exclusively to discussion and analysis of the ABC TV series Marvel's Agents of Shield. I'm Agent Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined by my fellow members of the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division Critical Analysis Strike Team, aka the Shieldcast. First up, he is the film channel editor at CraveOnline.com and a co-host of the B-Movies podcast and the Blue Movies podcast, Agent William Bibbs Bibiani. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> What's up? I completely lost Andrew. Did anyone else? Oh, no, Andrew <laughs> is gone. But you are an all-around comics enthusiast and the host of the black guy. Who yeah, talks. that is true. Why don't you talk to us a little bit more about uh, uh, about Rodimus Prime? Why don't you talk to us about uh, who, Rob Morrow? How you doing, Rob Morrow? I'm doing pretty good, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Um, I miss Andrew, but uh, we just chug on without him sometimes. Maybe he's trapped at the bottom of the ocean with uh, Simmons. Yeah, it's a good place to be. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good place <laughs> well, to be. Kind of. Yeah. How do you not seal the deal when you're trapped at the bottom of the ocean about to die? Yeah. How do you not seal that deal? Honestly, that is the one time, you know, that's the one time where you got to you got to put your Mac game down hard because I mean, right. She's going to die. I don't care how shy you are. That's your chance. Like he's going to wake up from that coma or whatever he was in and go, damn it. That was the time. That was, ah, uh, it hurts. <laughs> it hurts. Nothing hurts more than a missed opportunity, <laughs> except uh, physical pain. Lots of physical pain hurts more than that. But number two, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you never take. So uh, I feel like that is true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I feel like Fitz uh, should have <laughs> at least attempted something there. Uh, he's been trying so hard. And uh, as always, big fan of Angry Fitz. Not a fan of sad fit, so for me that part was kind of <laughs> you know kind of bad. It looks like Andrew back in the chat. I don't know about. Let me check Skype. I'm gonna add him again. <clears throat> it wouldn't be it wouldn't be an Agents of Shield cast without some sort of atrocious technical difficulty. The the hamster that runs Andrew's internet is just not always cooperating. <laughs> <laughs> it is not on the wheel. But you know what? People are bored already. So, uh, Rod, why don't you talk to us? Tell you what, what the, you, you got sent the uh, the episode synopsis. Why don't you share the episode syn- uh, synopsis while we're waiting for Andrew to get back? All right. Dark secrets are revealed as Coulson and his team put everything on the line to stop Garrett and the forces of Hydra is the uh, episode synopsis. Trying to think about what dark secrets were revealed. Yeah, dark secrets were not revealed. Absolutely no. Like I guess, like they know that that uh, Nick Fury is alive. Yeah. But that that's actually a pretty light secret. That's actually pretty good for them. You know, that's actually very encouraging. Then maybe they're referring to his race, and they're like, uh, "Dark secrets," because he's black. Oh, dude, <laughs> weak, <laughs> weak. Uh, that is straight up racist. That is straight up racist. So I'm glad oh, you hey. said it instead of me. Hey, you guys, I'm back. Hey, Rod. Uh, Rod. Andrew. Hey, Andrew. Hey. Uh, we just got through strange. the episode synopsis and talking about uh, Simmons' missed opportunity with Fitz and vice versa. What do you think? Does it apply to this episode? Dark secrets are revealed as Colson and his team put everything on the line to stop Garrett and the forces of Hydra. Well, again, it just proves my theory that 80 to 85 percent of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode synopses have to have the word secrets or something about secrets in them. Secrets and betrayal, those are the two big things. I mean, it's as accurate as all the others, I guess. What did you guys think of the finale? Is this the finale that you wanted? Is this what you've been waiting for? Oh, yeah, I I loved it, man. It was really good for me. Um, Lots of action. Uh, lots of questions answered and then some left for season two. Um, and, uh, I can totally see how they're gonna, you know, uh, 
go with that and then of course man all of my wacky predictions that i make every week on this bitch was coming true left and right so um i felt pretty good man to feel i had a lot of faith in this show man i had a lot of a lot of moments where i kind of doubted myself because uh everybody else was kind of down on it but they kind of they finally came through on a lot of that stuff um obviously not as soon as um as as, as everyone would have liked i guess but uh for me the payoff was good enough to for me to not feel like oh go fuck yourself which is you know the <laughs> the sword of damocles was definitely hanging over this show because if if this would have just left me feeling uh empty or feeling unfulfilled i probably would have just been like yeah fuck this show harder than any show ever but uh they definitely <laughs> answered enough questions for me to be okay and incidentally sword of damocles uh is the name of a shield installation as we'll find out in season two, I'm sure. Um, no, I, I like I liked the season finale. I liked it. I didn't love it, but it was fun. It delivered on the action. It resolved most of the plots that uh, had been dangling. So I, I dug that. Um, you know, I have a few, not even quibbles, just I'm bummed they didn't get to it. Like, I was really hoping uh, that something about Sky's powers would actually be revealed because they've been built up quite a lot even if it was just a really big hint because like oh her parents are monsters well so are most parents i don't understand why that's a big deal um you know i i don't know if like is reyna supposed to be like is her destiny intertwined with sky like i don't know that's again they're shoveling in a lot of exposition about reyna really hard but coming out of nowhere and not doing a very good job of teasing it in such a way that i really want to know more because i don't know what i know yet yet and that was kind of frustrating but uh no it had again it had some good action had some good resolution to stuff um i i really appreciated that ward got to remain the bad guy like he didn't you know have a big change of heart like he's conflicted and there's places you can go and there's things you can do with him in the future if you want to bring him back but it ended with him needing to get taken down hard and getting taken down hard and that was satisfying so um yeah and and the, i guess my only other issue is i feel like we've been waiting for a long time for colson and fury to have it out to have a real conversation to really talk about everything that happened and it basically boiled down to colson kind of impotently getting angry not getting any real answer that matters and fury saying yeah but i like you so i brought you back and that 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 was a little disappointing they definitely played that for a gag which i which to me came off a bit underwhelming because it was a major plot point for the majority of the season, you know? So like I was expecting them to, you know, and I guess since he solved the mystery without fury, the only thing left to do was to be like, don't do that or whatever. But I don't know, man, when you see that he's the one who's behind it and it was for an Avenger. And I mean, let's be honest, it's either this or death. I mean, I, I, I was kind of like, so all you're going to do is fuss at him. And I guess that's the end. So yeah, I, I, I got to disagree with both of you. I really did not care for the season finale. I was very, very let down by it. I, I mean, I wouldn't say I hated the finale. I just thought it was it was S.H.I.E.L.D. doing what it did back at the beginning of the season. It was playing it very, very safe. It wasn't taking any chances. The writing was very, very clunky. It seemed like they were just throwing a bunch of elements together to me with very little connective tissue and I was, I just, after a string of episodes that have been pretty good in this uh, latter third of the season or so, I just thought it was a real step backwards. And it seemed like the writers once again were hesitant to make any real progress, either in terms of the plot or the characters. Uh, I just, I was not very impressed. The, the two things that I remember that I really liked are I remember uh, I liked the scene when Simmons and Fitz have their big uh, emotional conversation and Fitz reveals he's about to sacrifice himself. I thought that worked purely based on the actors and their charisma. Um, and the other moment I really liked is when Bill Paxton at the very end, uh, it looks like he's still alive and he's, you know, talking about how he's going to take over the world and he's uh, laughing maniacally and then Coulson just shoots him. I thought that was a, a cute moment uh, that worked. Other than that, I just, I just was very, very let down. What did you want? What did you want that, that they specifically, like if you could fix it, what would be like the one or two things you'd do? I wanted them to surprise me. 
I wasn't surprised. I wanted them to reveal new information about any characters, which they really didn't. I, I, it just, it felt like the show was once again spinning its wheels, even though it was, you know, wrapping up everything with with Garrett and Deathlock. I thought that it, it was very predictable, very safe, very easy ways to to wrap up that storyline. I didn't find it very emotionally satisfying at all and uh everything with ward i thought that they just they really left ward hanging as a character they had done this interesting twist with him they made him hydra they made him have these confused loyalties and they basically ended by going yeah ward you go think about who you are and figure it out and i'm still and i'm sitting there going no i want to know who you are I've been waiting the whole season to find out something <laughs> interesting about you. <laughs> Don't just do that. You can't be like, now go think about what you've done and who you are. No. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> can you imagine if they'd done that on Lost? Like, uh, we finally got Benjamin Linus, and he could answer all of our questions, but we just crushed his larynx. Damn it. What were yeah. we thinking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can I totally just, see that. Oh, I can totally man, see where you're mad. It just really, really annoyed me. <laughs> Well, they left the character alive, so I'm assuming they're going to do some things with him in season two, and I think it leaves some interesting possibilities to, like, have him come back to, like, you know, uh, for, like, we have to work with him, but we obviously can't trust him, but there's something only he can do, so we have to get him out of jail. And No, I, I can totally see this playing, like, Silence of the Lambs, but instead of going to Ward for, like, psychological insight, they're just going with him, like, how do we punch a guy? You know, like, how do we how do we kick some ass? Right, right. And Ward's um, just like, here's how. Well, that's the thing, Rod, is you say that, you know, that they could bring Ward back in season two and do some interesting things with him. I'm not denying that. I'm just saying it felt to me like that was their rationale behind almost every decision. It was like, well, what can we do? What should we do with this character? What should we do with this development? Oh, I don't know. Just wait till season two. Just leave it open for season two. Let's not commit to anything right now. Even when Patton Oswalt shows up at the very end. <laughs> For the record, I, I call that. Funny to me is you're saying it's predictable, but these are things, the only reason it's predictable to you is because I called all this shit on this show. When we, when we were like, what's going to happen next week? I was the one coming up with this. You, you didn't have these ideas. So, like, it's only predictable because I had these ideas. If I wouldn't have been on the show, you might have been shocked. You are, you are you are a genius, Rod. There's no denying that. Pat Oswalt shows back up, and that made me happy, but then they can't even confirm is is he actually the guy's brother? Is he a life model decoy? Uh, they don't even they don't show you where they are. It just seemed like every decision was oh we'll leave it we'll figure it out between seasons and we'll we'll get to it in season two, and that was what bothered me was that they they didn't commit to anything. Look, I can appreciate that, and here's the thing: I want them to leave it open for season two. I want to be able to look forward to season two. I want there to be things for me to to see in season two. I'm like, oh, I want to see that. On the other hand, yes, you're right. They didn't uh, they didn't follow through on a lot of things. It would have been nice to get some more answers. I'm still bummed that the whole sky's a blot has gone nowhere so far. Um, but I'll tell you this: I'm going to say this right now. We did get. One absolute follow-through of a, of a recurring plot thread. None of us have mentioned it yet, but it's been a recurring plot thread we've talked about over and over again, and it finally paid off. We finally got resolution to it. Deathlock's rocket launcher finally worked right. <laughs> All right? Yes. He needs to be right next to him. Right next to him. That's when the rocket launcher works. You know, also, like, there like there was some, the things that did have resolution to me, um, I feel like you're not, you're not counting, Andrew, but, like, uh, Deathlock's son getting, um, freed, um, and, and freeing up Deathlock to kind of be his own, uh, vigilante, you know, he wants to go about the world setting right the wrongs that he did under the, you know, under Hydra's control, um, that's a huge thing to me, um, the other thing, too, was, um, like even the reveal of Sky's parents or whatever, um, and the condition or whatever the fuck that was after the credits, like that to me, that's like a, where you're saying is well, it's not resolved. I'm saying well, it's intriguing for me to to because I want to see another season now as opposed to you know if they just like it's almost like you just want them to wrap it up in a bubble and just say season one over with, no overhanging storylines the end of this shit. And there I, has to be a line there. Like, I'm actually not entirely in agreement with Andrew, but he has a valid point. There has to be a line wherein, uh, you know, 
leaving things open for future plot lines is in, and only doing that is dissatisfying. And also, there's a line where wrapping everything up and not making us interested in seeing more isn't satisfying either. And you have to try to find exactly. a balance with that. Now, I'm not saying Agents of Shield has a great balance. I'm not saying it has a great balance. What I'm saying is, ultimately, I was really by seven or eight episodes into this series, if that. I was really on the fence about whether or not I even wanted to see a season two. And while this is still far from my favorite show on TV, like this is, I'm not even sure it would crack the top ten right now, I want to see a season two right now because I feel like they're starting to get better. The sense of humor is starting to get more interesting. They're starting to do more uh, more and better action sequences more consistently. Uh, I'm starting to like the ensemble cast a bit better, where they're putting them, you know, the different situations that they're putting them in. Um, I feel like the show is starting to find its footing, not as quickly as I would like, but I'm I'm still excited for season two, and that's why ultimately, while it's not a great season finale, it is a pretty good season finale. So I got no real objection. I just think it's a false equivalency because I'm not saying, well, don't wrap anything up. I'm saying they did wrap some things up. They left some things open, and I was satisfied with that balance of what they left open and what they and what they wrapped up. And not everything wrapped up this season was wrapped up in this episode. Some stuff was wrapped up a couple episodes ago, you know? Like, they didn't, like, they wrapped up the whole May being a double agent traitor thing, you know? Like, they wrapped that up the week before, you know? So it's not like everything um, had to fall down to just this one episode. I, I understand what you're saying, Rod. And I, d- I, don't, I definitely don't want everything wrapped up. Abs- definitely not. But for the stuff that is not wrapped up, I would like some new twist or just something that makes it more intriguing that I look forward to coming back to. I would like a question that I haven't been forced to ask myself before. But everything that they left open was stuff that they have left open from the very beginning of the show in, in some cases. And there was, there was no new twist or nothing really exciting. What about Colson and, and, and Garrett and that weird writing thing they were doing at the end? Okay, so Colson's going a little bit crazy. We knew that could happen. They introduced that. That, to me, was not a huge twist. Okay, so Skye's parents uh, or her father or whoever... Uh, is apparently still alive okay i figured that that was a possibility they didn't show us who it is they didn't tell us anything about it again it was a case of they want to drop little hints of things that we already know without actually committing to something interesting where they might actually have to head in a direction with it and that's what bothered me and what they did wrap up like like the final confrontation with garrett i didn't find very satisfying everything with mike and his son felt really shoved in to me, like, oh, hey, what a coincidence. His son is here. That's convenient. And uh, everything with Fitz and Simmons felt, and Nick Fury randomly showing up, I, it just was very, very clunky to me. And then, it, yeah, it, it just really didn't flow very well. But let, let's talk about some specifics. How did you guys feel about the Fitz-Simmons situation? Man. Like, like again, we were talking about this a little bit before, uh, uh, back when you were off the air for, for a little bit. Anytime a, a, a TV series tries to ship two characters that hard from episode one, you know they're not going to get together until the last episode of the series. Or if they do get together, like, one of them is going to die immediately afterwards, uh, because, it, you know, it's the only way to keep this sort of false drama going. So, personally... I mean, I didn't expect much from it. I, I kind of wish they had just, like, had, like, a 10-minute hardcore sex scene and, like, that had somehow slipped under ABC's radar. Like, that might have made that satisfying. But other than that, I don't know. Like, when you talk about the things that are frustrating in terms of saving them for next season, the thing for me is Fitz. Fitz is the thing that's most frustrating for me in terms of we're going to save that for next season. It's like they, It's like they're not even sure if they're going to get him back. For some reason, like, I don't know, maybe he got cast in another show or something. That's what it feels like. Or maybe, like, they're just going to, like, he's going to show up. And he, he's got to show up. Yeah. When he shows up in season two, he's got to show up in a completely different dramatic situation somehow. He's got to show up as a Deathlock. He's got to show up and have a completely different personality. He's got to show up with a new girlfriend. Something really, really contrived is probably going to happen when he finally shows up again. And it it's just doesn't sit and if they don't then it's gonna feel like well what the fuck was the point of that last of ending him that way in season one so i I don't see it being satisfying i don't see it being satisfying 
I, I, I agree with you. The, I actually, I liked everything with Fitz and Simmons there in the capsule underwater trying to figure out what's going on. I just hated how they wrapped it up. Like, they sit there and they're going, okay, wait, we're trapped. Even if we could get out of this thing, we're in the middle of the ocean. We have no guarantee anyone's up there. What are we going to do? Swim up to the surface and then just tread water? And then that's precisely what they do. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. You guys are really smart. Are you not going to try and think about what your the next step is after you blow the hatch? You're just going to swim up to the surface and then pray for a miracle? Like, it just it felt so mm-hmm. illogical to me that these two really smart people would just be like, yeah, we're going to blow the hatch and swim up and uh, then see what happens. I just want to see Nick Fury, like he picks him up in a helicopter. I want to see like a deleted scene where they're dragging Fitz's body onto the helicopter and Nick Fury looks at Fitz's body and says, what does not Penny's boat mean? What does it mean? <laughs> Rod didn't think that was funny. Um, I thought, I thought the stuff in the, um, in, in the box was um, actually good. Um, the dialogue between the two was really good. Um, I especially like when they went on the tangents and they talked about what they thought death would be like and um, how Simmons' uh, morbid curiosity kind of takes over again and actually is what leads to them realizing, like, oh, shit, we might be able to figure a way out of here. Um, the thing about them going to the top of the ocean or whatever, they were looking for a miracle because they were just trying to survive. Miracles were the only thing left. They didn't. There was no better solution that they were going to come to. I mean, could they could they not wait a little bit longer just to see if anyone showed up and anyone got the signal? Like, if, if I was in that situation, I would want to wait until the last possible moment before being like, all right, this is my only option. Guess I got to go tread water for a while. Who knows how much longer they have, you know? Like, um, that that's assuming that they, oh, they can stay down there forever. Like, there's still only so much oxygen. They're still at the bottom of the ocean. Um, they've been down there for a while. When they, she first wakes up, he tells her, like, I just let you sleep. Um, so, you know, that, like, I don't, like, I don't, what do you want, you want that to hold over to season two also? Like, they have to come out of there at some point and they blow the hatch. You knew one of them was going to have to sacrifice themselves for the other. It made sense that it would be fits, not because of the swimming thing, but because of how the storyline's been developing. Uh, he has an unrequited relationship. He has feelings for her. She doesn't have feelings for, uh, the same romantic feelings for him anymore. So, uh, you knew that it was going to take a big sacrifice, and I just wanted them to acknowledge that this was their last choice, and this this was their last resort, and this was the only chance they had for whatever reason. Because they they actually say they talk about it, and they say, "Yeah, we can blow the hatch, but even if we do that, we're stuck in the middle of the ocean." Right. And they then they fig- they solve the issue of, of what to do with the hatch, but then they don't bother to think about or discuss the other problem. And it just felt really clunky. And then when Nick Fury magically shows up, I was like, okay, well, that's that's convenient. All right. Well, he did he did, he did say it was their last option when he gave her the only oxygen they they were gonna have. Like he like they knew this was a last ditch effort. There was never any sort of like maybe it's not. Maybe there's twelve other things they can do. This was obviously the only fucking thing that was gonna get them out of there. She knew, and they knew there was a very low survivability chance once they hit the fucking top. But what are you going to do? Just die in the fucking crate? Like, the whole discussion they had was, let's just not give the fuck up just because you're, like, Simmons has always been the yin to his yang, the positive to his fucking negative outlook on everything. And she was the one being, Mom and Dad are fighting fucking- again. <laughs> <laughs> if I if, if I may, I think Rod, I do think Rod is right about this. I do think Rod is right about this. I, the question you have to ask yourself, Andrew, is how much safer are they in a big steel box they cannot open at the bottom of... I mean, they don't know how deep they are. Maybe they do. I don't know. But at the bottom of the sea. It's a single room with two people. They're going to run out of air soon, regardless. I'd be surprised if they could last more than a day in their tops. So the question is... Do we tread water or or do we? Because like it's not like they're that much better off in the box. It's not like they have all of these supplies and communications equipment. They don't. So you might as well just tread water and hope for the best. Because no one's definitely no one's going to see you in the box. And if for some reason people are capable of tracking the box, they're going to be right on top of the box. So for me, it didn't bother me. I'm with Rod on this. No, I know. I I totally get that. I I I absolutely understand that. I'm just saying. 
I didn't understand the the I never got that sense of urgency like we have to go now. You know, if they had actually said, "Oh, we only have a days, we only have a few hours worth of air." or whatever, but Fitz says that he tried to get a signal out and he's not sure if anyone got it. If I was in that situation, I think logically I would wait a few hours and I'd wait and see, you know, did anyone get it? Does anyone know we're here? Because Nick Fury does say he got the signal. So if they hadn't blown the hatch right then, I'm assuming Nick Fury would have just assumed they were under the water and gone to rescue them. I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying, I, I never got that. They never quite explained, why are you blowing the hatch now? Is this really your your last resort right at this very moment? Obviously, you're in a crappy situation, but if you, but if you have to choose between, between treading water now or waiting a few more hours to see if anyone comes to survive and then, uh, if anyone comes to rescue you and then treading water, I think most people would choose the latter option. There's literally no one else on the planet Earth that watched that scene and went, well, maybe if they wait a couple of hours, everybody is, is going to watch it and be like, obviously, this is the only fucking choice of bad choices. And also, when they got to the top, they didn't know Fury was coming. It's just we'd rather die up top and take our chances because there's just a one percent chance of survival as opposed to the zero percent in this fucking box. It makes perfect sense. Why are we arguing about this? <laughs> this is not the most important thing. <laughs> yeah man. Why, why did they even have to go invade um you know cyber tech and stop uh deathlock and Garrett then why not wait a couple hours or a couple months they needed to make clear that every decision made on the show was the last possible option at every time really it really didn't do much for me especially when you have to rely on deus ex machina like that with nick fury coming in at the last past possible moment to save them magically i was like okay well at least at least make it clear that what the situation is and that that was literally their only option that they had to do right then right there i don't know well, maybe it's the ages of sitting in a box they can do that next year <laughs> everything <laughs> is lanyard centric next year okay does anyone else have any nitpicks they want to spend five to ten minutes talking about yes i have more anyone <laughs> Okay, god damn it. All right, go, 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 okay. go. Uh, in terms of the action, in terms of the action, the action in this episode, it was okay. I was not terribly impressed. The, the fight that I actually think worked really well was the Ward-May fight scene because there were actual stakes to that fight. There was actually character mm -hmm. motivation behind that. You knew May wanted revenge and was hurt, and I, I liked the banter going on between them. You were never on top. What was? Yeah, I like some of that. <laughs> you were never on top. Yeah, that's that's actually. I believe that actually. Yeah. I believe that every in every way. I, I Ward was getting pegged hard by May every single time they had sex. <laughs> like he was just because he's clearly a sub. His entire relationship with Garrett really makes me feel that he's probably a sub. So like he was probably. I, again, why is there no porn parody of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I digress. Move on. Yeah, I, I liked that fight, but again, it seemed to me like here was an opportunity for the writers to do something risky, to do something the audience isn't expecting, and they backed away. Like, as soon as May grabs the saw and they're fighting with the saw, I was just praying, oh, please, God, let someone get a hand chopped off. Let someone get seriously injured here that's going to really change things for season two. But no, they couldn't do that. It's just, oh, she knocks him out. End of the fight. And I was like, okay, well, that was a missed opportunity. And all of the other action scenes, I thought, I, I really didn't like how they were edited. I thought they were really clunky. Uh, the final fight with Garrett was just really weird to me. He's, he punches Coulson really far, and then Coulson lands behind, like, some tanks of something, and where the bullets can't reach him, and then magically Nick Fury is there in that location, and I was like, wait, was there a back door that Nick Fury snuck into? How did he get into this room? It was just really awkwardly edited, and just just very, very poorly constructed. I'm definitely not going to argue with you on that. When Nick Fury showed up in that room, I was like, how the fuck? Yeah. Like, how the fuck did he get in there? Like, I appreciate that he's Nick Fury and he gets around. But, like, even in, like, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, when they were going into a building that he knew intimately, they, they took the effort to show him at least walking towards it. You know, like right. you probably could have gotten away with just that. But no, it's just like, I was like, is he, is Coulson just 
going crazy and this is ghost Nick Fury or something, you know, like this is fight club Nick Fury. Like how did that, that was terrible. I'll grant you that was terrible. That, that whole fight sequence was very poorly choreographed and, and laid out. Yeah. My only conclusion was there must be some sort of back door that he snuck in that they never showed on screen because otherwise how the hell did he end up there and how did he randomly get behind those tanks exactly where Coulson was going to land miraculously? It was just, there were too many coincidences. Yeah. And how did Coulson not see that he had brought the BFG with him? <laughs> you know, like, although that was, although that was a cute throwback, I know what it does. You know, like, that was, that was actually cute. Yeah, I will, I, I will give I you that. I think that entire yeah. scene was, uh, played to be cute on purpose, and I laughed and was, uh, thought it was, uh, hilarious. Um, went just the whole, like, kind of I'm Nick Fury bitch way that they played uh Samuel Jackson's appearance mm-hmm. on the show is like always at the right time always super smooth you know there's bullets flying around them and they're having like a polite conversation behind uh you know in this in this blind spot or whatever um you know and maybe people wanted more gravitas from that fight um but I I like I enjoyed the kind of lighthearted, cute way that they played it. It was completely comic book, you know, with the bad guy getting the drop on them and then talking himself out of an advantage, like 100% straight-up comic book corniness, and uh, I I enjoyed all of it. Look, I I appreciate that, and that's another thing that happens a lot in films that are, uh, series that are either done by Joss Whedon or done by people who've worked with Joss Whedon, is to set up something really, really dramatic and then take it down a peg with an amusing reversal or just people responding to it in an unexpected way. That works, that often works, that's great, but you have to balance that also with actually taking it seriously once in a while and really going for it. And what they did was they assumed that what we really wanted to see was May fight Ward. And you know what? I did want to see that. I wanted to see that fight. And I agree. Yes, it would have been cool if they had chopped off each other's body parts, but it's ABC TV. So that was never going to happen. I just appreciated that it was a well choreographed fight scene that actually used the geography as opposed to ignoring where they were. So I thought that was pretty good. And he gets nailed in the foot too, which was a a cool. And you know what? And again, she was on top all the time. It's not the first time she nailed him. But like, <laughs> when you, when you come right down to the Samuel L. Jackson scene, I, again, at first I was like, he comes in and he just sort of diffuses it and he takes care of down a peg and shows that he's really just kind of a macho asshole. That's fine. But when it came right down to it, 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 it did feel like a Deus Ex Machina. It did feel a little dramatically unsatisfying. And I liked the bit, sort of, when Garrett comes back at the end, rebuilds his body, and then he just gets vaporized. That was cute, but at the same time, I was asking myself, we saw all of those, like, EMTs and ambulances and cops or shield agents or, or, or whatever outside the building, you know, reuniting people with their loved ones. No one took Garrett's body away. There was no crime scene guy yeah. right there, like, going, mm, hey, a Garrett, let's, let's, it was just sort of like the fact, the joke was funny, but the setup didn't make if any sense. you look sense. in the background, he's knocked people out. There's people laying on the ground unconscious. And uh, you can see it right right when Colson walks in the room. There's people laying on the ground that he's obviously like taking advantage of, um, who look kind of look like those um, aim dudes anyway. But it was just funny because uh, like it, they they clearly skip showing you him beating people's ass, but um, just for that gag. But I enjoyed the gag. Like the thing about Nick Fury showing up is that Nick Fury is you know kind of seen the end of the world. He's dealt with. Avengers and supervillains throughout all of these movies and it almost puts the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. problems into perspective like you know what these problems are not enough to shake Nick Fury he still has his unwaverable confidence in uh you know in 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 this light because he's he's kind of been there before where they're having like a actual conversation about Garrett like Garrett's not in the fucking room um I was just I was just laughing man because they were like cool calm under pressure while doing this big distraction so they could get Deflock Sun free. Yeah, sure. I got nothing. What do you want what do you want from me? I, I I'm kind of in agreement. And, and to be perfectly honest, I feel like this episode, although kind of fun, uh I again I kinda dug it. Rod liked it more than I did. Andrew liked it a lot less. Um I feel like there's almost not that much to say about it other than what was up with Sky's bleeding father? Like no one got him a napkin <laughs> Or did he just spill jelly all over himself? 
or or what. I feel like the fact that his arm was bleeding, even though he's like in an office, is supposed to t- give us like a hint about who he is. Like sort of Thanos looking at the camera, going, "Hi, I'm Thanos." Like, is there like a bleeding supervillain or or something that I don't remember? Like, from, from the Marvel Universe, does anyone have a theory on that? Because I got nothing, and it just seemed confusing for its own sake. Like, it does bring up a lot of questions about Reyna and her allegiance and who all she works for and, like, how, you know, like, whatever the relationship is between Sky's parents and Hydra and her and all this shit. Yeah, um, and it brings up the exact same issues that we already knew, we already had about her. And it, it doesn't reveal any insight or doesn't add any new questions to it, really. We didn't know her parents were alive at all. That's that's new. That's but we knew that last. We knew that we had the theory of that last episode, though, that those parents were were an issue. But like, for me, it's just like, are we just gonna find out that Reyna is Sky's sister? Because seriously, God well, damn. hold up. No, we didn't know her parents were alive, though. Like that is new. Like it was uh, may uh, you know save this baby from these monsters, and apparently all these people in town died for her to do that. Um, we find out that the baby is, was, uh, I mean, I'm assuming Sky at this point because that's what all the evidence is pointing towards and, and that's how the stories match up. So I think, and then also apparently these monstrous superpowered parents, or at least this one, this father did not know that this girl was still alive. So to me, that sets up an entire like, oh, these motherfuckers are going to possibly want their kid back. Here's the thing, though, and I said this when they first introduced the idea that Sky only infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D. to find out about her parents. I don't give a shit about who your parents are. As I am so tired, especially in, in serialized television, of these ongoing story arcs about who's my real parents. Like, like I realize that some people are adopted and it really strikes a close nerve to them, and I realize that a very small fraction of us, like, you know, find out that her parents actually were the milkman or something. Like, I, I can't imagine that's the norm. I'm not trying to put anyone down or say that their situation doesn't deserve to be dramatized. But it happens so often in television that I'm surprised my parents are my parents. Like, I'm so tired of this subplot, and I don't give a shit. Like, unless her parents... Like, the only way, like, I could even be invested in this is if I found out her parents were someone, like, really fucking weird. Like, the wind go or something like some weird marvel hero like no no my 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 father is eight ball yeah the guy with the big eight ball for a head i'd be like ooh, okay fine let's do something with this but i don't care about parent subplots like this it is such a tired cliche for a tv series to fall back on and it just pisses me well, off I'll just, and i don't i'm not i'll just go back to what i said earlier when when in the season when you guys brought that up name the other shows where this is you know this cliche where it's constantly coming up because i don't see it not to mention alias okay 20 years ago cool wow i can't believe alias was 10 okay alias was 10 years ago um but also the part the other part is that her parents had they they have these powers i do want to see what the fuck they can do i do want to see why they're monsters i like i am intrigued to see this play out now um, as as opposed to if they would have just been like a couple normal motherfuckers, then it's, then then I can see your point, your point. But if the if they're gonna be some super powered menace, then yeah, I'm I am now interested in who the fuck her parents are. Uh, Andrew, thoughts? Uh, okay, I'll just make a, a general statement about the character development through this season of Agents of Shield. There were some good instances of character development but overall when it comes to these characters and their backstories and how they became who they are i think this season really dropped the ball and it didn't follow up on any of it i mean okay what do we know about may we know that she had that traumatic incident involving a cult leader that really screwed her up they never go back to that what do we know about ward we know he had some issues with his brothers and there was some stuff, and he got sucked in by Garrett, but they didn't really flesh it out. We don't really know much about that. What do we know about Sky? Well, we know she has crazy blood. We, uh, she's got some powers, maybe. And her parents are, I guess, still alive. But, they, again, they don't really give us any major reveals or twists related to that. Okay, what do we know about Fitz and Simmons? Well, they're smart, and we want them to get together. And I guess they kind of touch on that in the season finale. 
and kind of do something with that. But but overall, I just feel like when it comes to who these characters were before the actual events of the show, we they didn't really dive into that and and and, ex- and explore why these people are the way they are. Uh, we got some of it with Coulson. But I agree with what you said earlier, Bibbs. I thought the whole confrontation between him and Fury was really weak. It was basically just, well, we did it because we're a team. And teams are important. And S.H.I.E.L.D. is here to protect. And I'm like, really? That, that's all you're going to say about it? You're just going to spout some platitudes about teamwork and the need for S.H.I.E.L.D.? To protect people, and that's going to magically solve this huge issue about Coulson being brought back to life, even after he explicitly said that shouldn't happen. It, it just it felt way too safe, and I felt like no major strides were made this season to tell us why these characters are the way they are and why they behave the way they behave. Does that make sense? Makes sense. I, I, I think it's a little extreme, but I, I, it does make sense. Okay. Like, like I understand why they behave in certain ways within the context of the show and what we've seen them go through this season. The writers did an okay job exploring some of that. Like, everything with War, uh, May and her relationship with Ward and how that motivated both of them and how that impacted both of them. But outside of what we saw happen to them this season, there's I just feel like they ha- really haven't done much to flesh them out as people. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. I think that raises the question that I really wanted to get to on this episode, considering that we're not going to be doing this show for most of the summer. Um, I want to know, as a whole, think about the season as a whole. What do you think? What did we learn about, you know, how to do a show, how this show works, what works best on this show? Like, overall, what? how has the season been for you guys? Because it's been a long, strange trip. Well, I was, I'd was. i like to do one more episode of the Shieldcast next week and hopefully invite on some special guests and talk about the season as a whole overall and okay. what we thought. But if you want to go ahead and give a little tease now, that's fine. Rod, what do you think of this season overall? Obviously, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. I think they really salvaged um, some, not too, some auspicious beginnings um, and fixed some pacing issues. Um, I think... Uh, the breaks were the most annoying part of the show, in my opinion. Um, but they were able to, uh, make the show better with the breaks, so I can't really complain. Um, and I think that if this was released on like Netflix as like a binge watch, people would feel a lot differently about it. Um, the, at least the ones who didn't like it, but, um, because once the rhythm of the show got going, I was completely fine with it. Um, and I just think that, uh, you know, people spend a lot more time like watching the ratings and the news and the leaks and shit like that. When uh, honestly, I was just more interested in the show as a, um, you know, as a as a comic book fan. And it, it really uh, nailed a lot of stuff for me. All right, Bibbs, what did you think? Um, Again, really rocky. Just just all over the place. Good times, bad times. We can talk about that more in detail next week. Um, you know, I was hoping that the season finale would put a real capper on it and make me go, ooh, you know, like, uh, sort of like the la- first season of Arrow did by the last couple of episodes. I was like, I forgive everything that came before that I wasn't entirely on board with. This was awesome. Um, you know, when S.H.I.E.L.D. is at its best, it's pretty good. It's, it's never really blown me away for more than a minute or two at a time. Um, the, I feel like this is in many respects, a show for children that is trying to be that's trying to cater as much as possible to to older demographics, but the tone of it and the the storytelling tropes that keep coming back to again and again just feel very innocent in a lot of ways. And so that when it tries to be really dark, they never really seem they never really want to capitalize on it, or if they do, they sort of underplay it, like when Ward shoots guys in the head. You know, it's not gross or anything. We never really talk about it again. It's not really an issue. And that's fine. It doesn't have to be a film for mature audiences. It doesn't have to be a film uh, that tries to... Oh, it's, uh, it doesn't have to be a series for mature audiences, and it doesn't have to be a series that tries to capture every aspect of the crossover appeal of the Marvel movies. 
but it does make it less interesting to me overall when they'll try to do something really dark like the Deathlock storyline, but it always feels like they have to compromise by making it not even PG-13, but a low PG. So that's that's it for me. I was hoping the last episode would raise the stakes more. I pretty much agree with you wholeheartedly, Bibbs. I think it's been a rocky first season. There were there have been episodes, even early on, that I thought were were actually a lot of fun. Uh, I agree with you. I don't think there was there were any episodes that just really blew me away. Maybe one or two uh, around episode seventeen or eighteen. Uh, but overall, I think you're right. The show at its best is pretty good. Um, and when it's not at its best, it's generally mediocre to kind of painful to sit through a lot of the time for me. It very rarely seems like every single character or every single subplot is firing on all cylinders. And I'm hoping that in season two, uh, they'll be on a more regular schedule, they won't have as many breaks, and they'll, they'll take some time to really plan out in advance where do we want to go, where do we want to take these characters, what do we want to reveal about them, and what's the best way to go about doing it. So I I agree with you, Rod, when you say there's a lot of potential uh, for Season 2. I wish that they had capitalized on some of that potential in Season 1, but I, you know, it is what it is, and I'll I'll still be tuning into Season 2 to see how it goes. And I think they did, for the record, so just, you know, I know you... You Fair say enough. you wish you did, but for other listeners and people out there, I do think they did. Um, a lot of people that, you know, we live tweeted together, um, like the whole night we were just going crazy because, uh, it was, you know, it was so much fun. Um, I enjoyed the cold opening. Um, it almost reminded me of, uh, like a cabin in the woods with the whole, like, the cubicle office of evil thing. Um, I thought it was pretty funny. Um, really want to know what's in that incentive package now. Um, and I enjoyed, uh, uh I, I know it's, it's been kind of a, um, bone of contention on the show, on the, the podcast, but I enjoyed Bill Paxton, man. Like, um, he was just hamming it up so hard with the whole, you know, existential talk about I've seen it in the eyes of everything that has yet to become and everything that has lived and everything that has died and shit like that. And he rips a fucking rib out of a guy and kills him. Like, just, uh, completely seemed like he had a whole lot of fun um doing that corny corny cheesy over the top comic book villain bad guy but um i i actually enjoyed it um even enjoyed his 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 ultimate demise because he wouldn't shut the fuck up basically could have killed uh colson and fury two minutes earlier but he just had to have one more speech um like i i don't know i i enjoyed seeing that stuff play out I actually agree with you, Rod, about Paxton in this episode. I've had issues with his performance in the past, but I think in this episode when he was finally just allowed to just really go crazy and just just be eccentric and 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 just just turn it up to eleven, I think that's when he was at his best. Uh, he was a lot of fun in this episode. I wish he had done a little bit more of that earlier on, but I agree that by the end of his time on the show. I liked him a lot, um, and I'm I'm a little bit sad to see him go. Even though I liked the gag where he died at the end and Coulson shot him, uh, I, I was kind of thinking when when they teased it, like, oh, maybe he will come back and he'll be completely crazy and insane, and that'll be a lot of fun. We'll get insane Paxton for uh, for season two. I feel like you would have then came here and been like, that is shitty because they didn't wrap that storyline up. Like you got it. <laughs> No, I, I would have been okay with that. I would have been okay with that. If they if they had again, it it, it it's not wrapping things up. It's are you gonna twist it if you keep it going? And that whole twist of yeah, we're gonna keep Garrett uh alive, but he's gonna be completely bonkers and he's gonna be another deathlock. I think that could have worked. That would that would have been an okay twist and a good way to, to continue it. Uh I'm assuming triplets on the team. So I actually want to see how Fitz getting fucked up is going to affect uh, Simmons and Triplett's relationship because I feel like she's going to feel a big sense of guilt over the fact that, you know, Fitz basically gave up his life almost for her, you know. So, um, and, 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 you know, I think there can be some good conflict there because, you know, guys, hey, I'm a relationship dude on the show. I like the messy relationship shit. And I would love to see um, if Simmons holds it against Triplett for basically them going off on a mission and leaving them at the bottom of the ocean. Um, 
uh without you know even though they said well this is the only way we can find them i just want to know the emotionality of that decision and the effect on that love triangle yeah that'll be interesting fair enough that'll be interesting um i'm I'm hoping now that ward is totally out of the picture for may maybe she and colson will finally find that love connection i want to see it happen (laughs) i wonder who gets top in that one i feel like she gets on top in all relationships um, I'm really looking forward to Graviton um, next season. I feel like uh, whenever they open that fucking box, it's going to be on. And uh, I think he could be a huge villain for next year. Um, and I'm kind of glad they didn't do it this year with all the other storylines they had going on. I don't know. I feel like I feel like I would have preferred that as a final tease other than Coulson, like, drawing down the, the blueprints for the microchip from the Explorers. You know, like, I don't know. I, I feel like if it had just been Graviton going, ha! Like, you do the, the Bill Paxton thing, and you play it like a joke. But then you do it for Graviton, and no one notices. Like, that actually might have been really fun. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Bibbs. I think that would have worked much better as a, a closing tease of things to come. Uh, let's go into the questions. We have questions for the show. Um, over, under, Rod saying, I told you so, 15, 20 from Keenan Knox. I think I may have said it once, so I was very civil about this. No, you said it more than once. It wasn't 15. You said it more than once. It was, yeah. You kept it in the single digits, and we appreciate that. I also think that we need to factor in the length of time you took to say it, because you could have just said, I told you so, but you went on. I'd be willing to put to make that bump it up to like five, six, or seven. I can't help that I was right about everything. That's just, you know, one of the benefits of being me. So that's that's not really saying yeah. the words, I told you so. It was just more of a general sentiment and smugness that I like to portray on the show. Well, that's one of the benefits of being right. Like, you were right. You do get to say that, so knock yourself out. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna begrudge you that. Michael T. Ford the third says, "I want to see some spy games in season two with a bit of cat and mouse game with Hydra." Yeah, actually, like you know, they're spies. Can we see some more spy stuff? Yeah, I agree with that. Maybe they can use Ward. You know, Ward. I mean, I don't know how intact his cover will be, but obviously he's gonna have some knowledge about the inner workings of Hydra, right? Like you, we can use him for that. Yeah. No, I agree. I I, I think uh, you know they have a lot of options for season two that they didn't have with season one. I think one thing we need to remember for season one is that they, although they completely airballed the Thor the Dark World tie-in, their entire season was kind of contingent on waiting for Captain America the Winter Soldier to come out so they could kick it into high gear. Uh, next year, they're not gonna, they're only really gonna have to worry about Age of Ultron at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So they have a lot more freedom to do whatever the hell they want and to actually be spies or decide to be a supervillain of the week show or go in a completely different direction if that's what they want. They have a lot of freedom. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And yeah, I think, uh, there's, there's gotta be more Hydra out there. Of course there is. So keep them around. Make this the, the, the Hydra show. And I, I'd love to see them go on the offensive. You know what I mean? Like they kind of were reeling from the punches all yeah. season. I would love for them to be the ones like, let's infiltrate Hydra. Let's blow some of their shit up. You know, let's let's blow more sight. Ooh, that would actually be a great cold open for next season. Is that it's like uh, it's kind of like the opening of this season, except we're at the Hydra headquarters and like May or Simmons or or whoever is actually just like in deep cover since we saw them yeah. last. That might actually be a really cool reversal. I'd actually have a lot of fun with that. I hope yeah. they do that. Or as Andrew's idea, uh, badass Fitz would be cool, too. <laughs> yes. Yes, it would. Give Fitz a beard. Make it happen. <laughs> um, do you think Sky and Reyna end up being inhumans, like from the comic? That's a neat theory. Yeah, that's actually a neat theory. Um, and Marvel does have the rights to the inhumans. They've been talking about doing a movie with them that's never quite got off the ground. I don't know, but that's a neat theory. And if they went in that direction, I think that could be really cool. Or Eternals. Eternals could work they as well. They do have, you know, that's a lot of untapped potential there, you know, and, you know, maybe, maybe we'll, or, you know, I would like to see maybe something to do with the Kree or something, because I'm, I'm fucking sure that was a Kree, man. Like, I'm, I, maybe we'll find out. It looked like a Kree. Yeah, it's blue, it's fucking ugly, um, so I, I think we'll, we'll find. Hey! Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, not all the Kree were ugly, come on. Captain Marvel was a very sexy it's man. not as aesthetically pleasing to the eye as some other races, is all I'm saying. Um, shout out to the star. Uh-huh. Uh, Elijah, you know what's up? You know what? I'm gonna, I want to start the Cree guy who tips podcast now. 
Uh, <laughs> just out I just of fairness. Wanna, um, I, I just want to give a shout out to all the Shi'ar out there. All right, ladies, holler at me. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know what they'll end up being, but I mean, I'm guessing it's related. And also, sky, rain. Hmm? Hmm, guys, did you think? Uh, I told you, I think they're, I think we're going to find out they're related and I think it's going to be really dissatisfying to me. <laughs> of course. Yeah. What's next? Claudia. There's their sister Claudia is going to show up and it's going to be really <laughs> annoying. All right. Um, are you looking forward to a full season of Agent Triplet next season and will you still ship him with Simmons? Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, another thing I want to give a huge shout out to this show for the amount of black characters that actually had shit to do, um, was really cool. Um, and uh, I'm glad to see uh, a, a show like this actually, you know, take an active role in being like, hey, man, not all actors in the world have to be white. I remember when we started the show, one of the major things we were saying was like, man, exactly how, uh, you know, plain and white can this cast be? And they kind of did take the opportunity to shake things up. And um, I really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully they can get even more um, diverse next year. I don't think diversity stops and begins and ends with black people. Um, but, uh, I'm glad that the well, characters actually had major roles. Uh, only problem I had was the, uh, I bring the noise in the funk line everywhere I go. That was the only time I was like, oh, uh, we don't say that. But everything else, completely fine. No, I really liked their token black guys. Um, I thought that the token black guys on the show were, were really quite good. Um, I will say, I, I, I jest, but I actually, I will say I appreciate the amount of diversity they at least tried to put on the show. Uh, there was a good ratio of women to men on the bus the entire season. Uh, there was a fair number of actors of various races and creeds and, and so on and so forth, uh, throughout the season. And that's refreshing in and of itself. They weren't all great characters, but I like Triplet and I look forward to seeing more of him actually i thought he was a good late addition to the series no i, t- I totally agree with you I, th- I think the diversity of the cast really improved as the uh the season progressed i hope they'll do even more of that in uh in season two uh i want to see like some gay superheroes or agents you know like really let's let's bring on some diversity. Yeah. i think it'd be really really cool if marvel this huge uh billion dollar franchise actually took some risks regarding the types of characters that they were going to portray on television for a mass audience i think that'd be awesome oh you move it to nine next year maybe they can um mix it up a little bit more you know keep it not so family safe so certain instances so the finale frame this is from kyle w so the finale frames ward garrett and deflock as the main character arcs beginning middle end of the season does anyone else feel a little cheated uh, Andrew does. <clears throat> yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's actually an interesting way of putting it, and I hadn't really thought of it in that context. Um, I think what they were trying to do was that they were trying to give us, like, a story arc of Sky starting as a as a doubting Thomas who becomes, like, a believer, if not in S.H.I.E.L.D., then at least in the people around her. I think they completely dropped that subplot by the time uh, the, the Winter Soldier arc kicked in. I also feel like the Deathlock arc doesn't really go anywhere because he has all of his choices hijacked away from him uh, as soon as he becomes Deathlock. Uh, and I feel like the Ward Garrett thing was ultimately dissatisfying because there wasn't enough of a Ward Garrett thing. The the flashback episode with them did not develop that to the way that that we all wanted. Yeah, when you when you look at it flat out, this is another reason why the show feels I feel kind of disposable overall. Um, these these character arcs aren't really growing. They a lot of them boil down to will they or won't they fuck and uh and that was frustrating i think that keeps it from being anything resembling a quote-unquote great show fun show maybe but great yeah the character development was really lacking this season and i and i agree it's a good point you have every right to feel cheated and, and me personally i didn't feel cheated and i think that season one for a lot of shows is establishing the baseline of your characters before you really start messing with them in the next couple of seasons is the reason that a lot of people are like season two is where you need to start watching this thing or that thing like um you kind of want to get them at, uh, and i think and i think also they did go through conflict for characters they wrapped some of the shit up early which is the catch 22 because a lot of people were like you guys are dragging this shit out 
I don't care anymore. Can you wrap it up? So they started wrapping shit up. And now it's like, well, why'd you wrap it up then? Why can't you wait till 22 episodes later to wrap it up or, or whatnot? And, and, and the time is going to be pretty bad either way. Well, that's that's the Twin Peaks conundrum, Rod. You know, like people want resolution to things. And yes, it does behoove showrunners to give people resolution to things that they're getting tired of or where the suspense is just absolutely killing them. But it is then their responsibility to replace those mysteries or those character arcs with something new that is equally, if not more, interesting. That's something Twin Peaks failed to do, and that's something that I think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did okay with, but they didn't, when they wrapped up a lot of these things, like around the time Coulson got kidnapped, they, they felt like they wrapped up some, some things they've been working on, they didn't really replace them with new stuff, it just had the team dynamic going strong. Mm -hmm. That's fine, it was fine for a while, but now we need forward momentum, and uh, we, we lacked a I lot of that. they did for some of it, but it's what, it's the point is, you know, it's it's just that subjectiveness, like, if you're interested or not. Because I can see, to me, if you know, maybe it's textbook, but Coulson went from true believer to doubting himself to finding out about this conspiracy, venting about it, and now he has some new shit where he's drawing fucking symbols on the wall. Am I interested to know what the fuck those symbols are or not? You know, some people are going to look at that and be like, I've seen the beautiful mind fucking thing a thousand times. I don't care about this. Sky and her, um, you know, her thing where can we trust her or not? Is she, whose side is she really on? Is she just leaking secrets to, oh, now she really believes to, um, okay, here's some information about her parents to, oh, her parents are alive and now they might be looking for it. Do you care or do you not? It's just a matter of if people decide if they, if they care or not. I happen to care. Other people might not. That, oh, wait, one more. Next season, we'll probably get an older version of a character from Peggy Carter series, right? That's actually a cool idea. I'd actually like to see that character existing in the past, and then maybe not a regular, but showing up in the future, and then it's maybe sort of a tease as to what's going to happen later on Peggy Carter. That would actually be a cool idea. I don't know if that's a guarantee, but that's a cool idea, and I would like to Wouldn't see it. Wouldn't it be cool that. if it was kind of like the island on Arrow? Because what they're, they're supposed to fill in the gaps in Ages of Shield with Peggy Carter, as, as opposed to just not coming on. They'll, they'll have this show instead. Huh. So it would be really dope if like something happened on Ages of Shield, huge cliffhanger, and then or you know whatever. Like this, this was wrapped up in this time, and then Secret Foul, and then the next four weeks are Peggy Carter episodes. Where we're like, holy shit, this is the backstory to the next episode of Ages of Shield. That would be dope. That would be dope. That would be uh, uh, quite dope if uh, dope were what we were going for. And I think it should yeah, be dope. I like dope. That's all the questions that we have, guys. Um, I don't think we got any emails this week. So I think that's everything, guys. Yeah, yeah. That'll wrap it up. Uh, be sure to tune in next week. Uh, we will be doing a season one wrap-up episode. We'll be looking back over the season as a whole. We'll be talking about what the show did right, what it did wrong. We'll be talking about our favorite episodes, our least favorite episodes. Uh, so we're really going to dive into the show as a whole and, and how this season went. Uh, so be sure to tune in to that next week. Uh, but that'll do it for this episode of the show. Write in and let us know what you thought and uh, of the finale and what you think of uh, the SHIELDcast. You can email us at shieldcast at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website at filmgeekradio.com. You can also leave us a voicemail either through the website or by calling us at 336-793-2509. Be sure to subscribe to us through uh, iTunes again, even though we're here at the end of the season. And uh, uh, still, write us a review. We really appreciate it. That really helps us out a lot. It gets, keeps uh, getting the word out. Uh, if you would like to financially support us, uh, you can donate by going to filmgeekradio.com and clicking the Donate button. Uh, over on the support tab, uh, that money really helps us out. That goes towards helping us pay for hosting and bandwidth and covering all the other costs that come with producing the show. You can also use our affiliates page to visit some of our partners, including Amazon. So if you want to head on over to Amazon and go ahead and pre-order Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 1 on Blu-ray or uh, go get the instant video of the season, that that help us out. Anything you purchase from our affiliates, if you use uh, filmgeekradio.com to get there, we get a small percentage of uh, whatever you spend. So you can buy something for yourself and help us out at the same time. And as always, be sure to check out other great shows on Film Geek Radio. Cinema Fix will be back uh, in a few weeks uh, this summer. And also, uh, we're trying to get a, a podcast off the ground about The Leftovers uh, which is the new show premiering on HBO uh, this summer, uh, uh, written uh, by Damon Lindelof. Uh, that looks like it could be interesting, so uh, tune into that this summer. Uh, Bibbs, where can people find more of your work? 
Uh, yeah, you can find me at craveonline.com. I'm the editor of the film channel. I write most of the film-related content on that site. Uh, I host the B-Movies podcast, which is a weekly podcast dedicated to all the latest movie news, reviews, and whatnot. Uh, you can subscribe to that on iTunes. You can follow it on Twitter at B-Movies Podcast. I also host the Blue Movies podcast, a bi-weekly podcast dedicated to in-depth interviews with porn stars. So just, just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Next week, we have Maddie O'Reilly. She's the brand new slut woman, uh, which is quite an honor in the adult entertainment industry, as if you didn't know. And we talk about some very naughty things. So I hope you check that out. That's yeah, fun. Being too. a slut woman is like being James Bond. Yeah, yeah. No, it's an honor. Like, it's a big di- Thank you for, for recognizing well, this, you know, Rob. I'm Thank a you. Sword, man. I have uh, quite the extensive. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Rod, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me at your mama's house eating all her groceries. Uh, you can find me at theblackouttips.com, <laughs> iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, just search the Blackout Tips, and I uh, will come up. I'm on Twitter, Rodimus Prime. Or if you want to see live tweets of things like Game of Thrones, um, uh, whatever else is on right now, um, Arrow and shit like that, just go to uh, Rod Live Tweets on Twitter. Thanks. Uh, you can find me arguing with Rod, being negative about everything that he's positive about. And you can also find me at uh, filmgeekradio.com, hosting Cinema Fix and and the, uh, the our Leftovers podcast this summer. Uh, you can find some of my film reviews at moviemezzanine.com. I'll be doing some more writing for them this summer. And uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter, at WriterAndrew. All right, that'll wrap it up for this episode. Agents, disassemble. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio! Yeah!